spring is here and summer will soon follow. And Dan writes in to ask this, Pastor John, can you speak to the issue of modesty regarding clothing at the pool, especially bikinis? And maybe another topic would be for pastors and leaders. Pastor John, should a pastor or a ministry leader take time in the spring to directly address the topic of modesty? And if so, how would you counsel such a brave pastor to best step through that minefield? Here's the most important thing to say. It is impossible to come into a church or a youth ministry or a school, say a Christian school, that is permeated with immodesty, immodesty, and fix it with rules about modesty. There is a place for rules, guidelines in families, in schools, in youth ministries, in churches, but if you try to turn that thing around, that institution or whatever, if you try to turn that around by starting with the rules or the guidelines, it will not accomplish a Christ-exalting, gospel-rooted, spirit-empowered, faith-sustained, Bible-informed, joyful, free culture of modesty. It won't. And yet that's the goal. So my approach was never to start with the rules or the guidelines, but to start with God and the gospel and the Bible and the spirit and faith and joy. Deep things need to happen in a woman's and a man's soul before they have any chance of thinking and feeling about these things in a way that honors God. Until God has become your treasure. So I'll just say this to any woman, any man who who dresses inappropriately. Until God has become your treasure, until your own sin has become the thing you hate most, until the Word of God is your supreme authority, that you feel to be more precious than gold, sweeter than honey. Until the gospel of Christ's death in your place is the most precious news in the world to you. Until you have learned to deny yourself short-term pleasures for the sake of long-term joy and holiness. Until you have grown to love the Holy Spirit and long for his fruit more than man's praise. Until you count everything as loss compared to the supreme value of knowing Christ, your attitude towards your clothing and your appearance will be controlled by forces that don't honor Christ. So every pastor can see we got work to do. I mean, deep soul work to do, which means for a pastor that 99% of his effort will be the establishment in the heart of these glorious supernatural works of God. He will preach and teach and worship and model in himself and in his family how the gospel changes everything. And he will realize that apart from the work of the Holy Spirit, through the word and through faith, his church will be split between two kinds of carnal people. One group will bristle at every mention of modesty and say, how dare you tell me or my children how to dress? 
That's, that's, that's a bad attitude, and it's carnal. But the other group will put all their emphasis on outward appearance with little sense of the heart, and that it's supremely important, and these two groups can never know peace. They both uh, have failed. They're, they're not deeply transformed by the gospel. So uh, my counsel is teach your people these things. Year in and year out, expose the pride of licentiousness and self-will and expose the pride of externalism and formalism that has no heart in it. It doesn't see the gospel as precious. You preach and you pray for a gospel culture where men and women have, and, and I've got a little list here that really, I mean, once you hear it, you know it's going to change the way people dress, whether it's in the swimming pool or in church. A sweet submission to Christ a saturation with the Word of God, a humble attentiveness to the wisdom of others and a desire to grow and learn, a deep suspicion of the power of worldliness to control our habits, and a loving consideration of others when we choose what we, what we wear. And when the time is right, so here I'm trying to get more specific, when, when the time is right, Yes, you take up the texts, like 1 Timothy 2, 8. I desire that men in every place should pray, lifting holy hands without anger and quarreling, and likewise that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control. And you work through it, making sure that everyone feels that the Bible really does care about how we dress, and it really does want us to dress in a way that's rooted in humble, joyful, Christ-exalting, other-serving, gospel faith. Um, here three closing practical tips from my experience. Number one, when it comes to guidelines that grow out of the gospel, start with your staff and the leaders of the ministries that are up front. Don't start with everybody. Start working from the inside out so that there emerges a culture and a modeling from, from, from your worship leaders, from your staff who are in front, and, and from the, the leaders of the youth ministry and so on. Work, work with your leaders. Number two, deal with parents quietly and work toward common expectations for the young people. It's not easy. But it is a wise priority instead of attacking things at the most painful point of, of, of the way the girls or boys are dressing. It's, uh, come on, let's, let's get the parents on board here. And number three, cultivate the joyful sense that modesty is beautiful. Renounce, renounce any mindset that modest means frumpy. From from my own experience, so I'm just testifying as a man now who's been a teenager and a 20-year-old and a 30-year-old and a 40-year-old and a 50-year-old and a 60-year-old, I, I'm, I, I'm, I, can, I can testify without any doubt that at every age of my life, my masculine life, sexy dressing of women is less attractive than modest beauty. Of, of course it makes the eyes turn, 
It makes the eyes turn. But there is a world of difference between making men's eyes turn with sexy dressing and being attractive as a beautiful or a handsome person. Thank you, Pastor John. And we, we have not done much on modesty in this podcast, but interestingly enough, it comes into play in one other podcast, one of our most popular episodes on the topic of tattoos in episode number 240, Tattoos and Biblical Perspective. You can find that episode in the Ask Pastor John archive. Check out our free app for the iPhone and the Android to find episode number 240. And if you have a question on the brain that you'd like to ask Pastor John, please email it into us at askpastorjohn at desiringgod.org. We will close out the week with a new episode tomorrow. Until then, I'm your host, Tony Ranke. Thanks for listening to the Ask Pastor John podcast.